Welcome to the Love Not Fear podcast, your daily source of inspiration and actual insights. I'm David Hensel, your host, and together with my co-host Eduard Brink, we dig into discussions on productivity, business, personal development, all with the intent to shifting the mindset from fear to love. Eduard, what are we talking about today? Today, I'd like to talk about emotional intelligence versus running your life on autopilot. Mm. Okay. So emotional intelligence, the ability to uh, to be aware, express, and manage your emotions effectively. And autopilot, uh, I guess that speaks for itself. Well, your autopilot is calibrated well, and your habits are really dialed in. I guess then you know certain areas can run autopilot, but I know what you mean. Basically, you know, falling back into to certain habits or acting unaware, and yeah, this makes sense. So I guess in terms of being emotionally intelligent. I think impulse control mm-hmm. is a big one. I did an experiment this January and I decided not to buy anything until my birthday, which is May 24th. And I mean, I only spent money on um, food, travel, hotels, but not, not buying clothes, gadgets, anything. And I just like kept a list of things that I uh, want. And after time has passed, I didn't even want these anymore. You know, it's like, eh, that doesn't really matter. I think like one or two things I actually bought, but the rest was like, meh. And I think it's like a, a good trick for impulse control if you have like to review later yep. you know, on doing things, etc. you know, can definitely help to control your impulses in, the, in, in this regard. Yeah. If you take it to a higher level, that's about external factors instead of internal factors. What do these things do for you? Okay. What else? I guess in, in terms of impulse control, I'm eating stuff that uh, I don't want to eat, you know, kind of like chips, etc. Like in, especially in the evening when my willpower is depleted. I'm not good at this impulse control, but my trick is to just not buy it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like not, not have it in the house, even though my wife and I had long discussions about this. Like what if people come, we have nothing to offer them. But the workarounds is like, okay, I'll just like jump in the car and buy something if this is the case, you know. So I guess uh, if I have a hard time controlling my impulses in certain areas, I just make sure I'm not around these things, you know, out of sight, out of mind type of thing. For me, emotional intelligence is, is mostly about avoiding the things that scare me or make me uncomfortable. And by observing those and embracing them, it's scary. But it's moving the needle uh, forward. Recently, I've been thinking of what unsolved business I have with certain people and maybe pick up the phone and mm. have a d- discussion. And to find that what I made into an elephant is really not a big deal. But it feels so good to give something closure. Like, hey, last time we left, I could feel something there. Are you okay with this? Do you know the story with the hammer? With the neighbor? So th- this guy needs a hammer to do something in, in his house, you know, some, some big hammer or like some power tool, whatever. And it's like, okay, I don't have one. I got to buy one. Then he realized like, oh, actually the neighbor next door, he actually has one. I can go and ask him. And then he thinks like, oh, last time when I greeted him, he didn't greet back. And last time he also did this other thing and blah, blah, and kind of like builds up something in his head and gets really riled up. And then he goes over to the neighbor, rings the doorbell and says like, you can keep your freaking hammer. And you know, so kind of like the idea is like sometimes it may be also something that you just kind of build up in your head and it's, it's not, not even reality in terms of reaching out to people. But it's a good, good point, actually. I just like wrote down to two people that I want to reach out to and just make sure that, that everything's 
yeah cool you know kind of like yeah i, I really like that it could be also the call to action and yeah, emotional intelligent people is another thing that that they don't do is try and change and criticize others mm. yeah it's that, that that's a big one one of my core values is own it always do your best be impeccable with your word do not complain or blame find solutions yeah, because I think there's like really nothing, nothing in that. And so always, I think I mentioned this before, I hammered this also into Emma's head, and my yeah. daughter. And every time I complain, she throws this back at me. Hence, us don't complain. Hence, us yeah. find solutions. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how did that work out? It, it, it works out because she calls you up on it, but. Yeah. And you, vice versa. You, you call each other out of it. And, and yeah, definitely. You know, like when she starts complaining, like, yeah, she, she kind of pulls back and. And do you find if that belief, it's like it's a family core value, for instance, that it's for you, it's easier to live up to that as well. So the power of everybody acting in a certain way is leading up to something bigger or is it easier? Yeah, to yeah. Stay on yeah ab absolutely. You know, for example, with my core values, my business partner, Mert, he did the Magic Happiness course again, and he started writing down his core values every morning. Like he writes them out and his mission and vision. Every morning he does it again. And I started doing this as well. And this was like, you know, and Mer told me it came to the point he's been doing this for three months. Mm -hmm. That every time he does something, these values pop up and said, "Like, is this in line with this, or is this not in line with this?" You know, I think it's, it's okay. a really cool exercise to really drill this in um, and, yeah, shape your reality yeah. or shape the person that you want to be. I think if you do this uh, right when you wake up and your mind's still in a certain mode, it it, it could work as a meditation. Uh, I, I, I do this in the morning. Yeah. Um, also, like, kind of in, in this core value, I integrated two things from the four agreements. Before was own it, do not complain or blame, find solutions. But I add, added always do your best and be impeccable with your word, which are the two of the book, the four agreements. And another one I have, my eighth value is courage. Don't hold back. Don't take things personal. Do not make assumptions. Believe in yourself. These are the other two core, two agreements from, from the four agreements. Do not take things personal and do not make assumptions. And I think there's also with impulse control, like if you take things personal, you know, you kind of go into the, the fear mode, you know, kind of like, oh, why is he attacking me? You know, why is he doing this to me? And often forgetting that there's systemic issues, for example, if like some some employee or friend, like usually is like, is, is great, but then he's like acting up, acting weird, you know, like if usually has very little to do with you, but more with like his circumstances, like maybe as a fight with uh, a spouse or he has like you know, his business not going well or whatever he's like you know agitated from this and you just like kind of trigger point or use the outlet for him yeah. if you take it personal you're in a state of fear and you become combative versus if you're in a state of love and you kind of like you'd be able to catch this person and say like okay how, how can i help you now what's the underlying issue how can we solve this i think that's also a, a sign of being emotionally intelligent by kind of being being above that being the bigger person not being attacked yeah. and going down to this low level i found a way to deal with that to be empathetic while you're not jumping on the roller coaster of somebody else's emotion is just to ask a few questions clarifying questions about being impeccable with your words if you choose the right questions and you try to grasp the problem this other person is dealing with one, you buy time for them to formulate where they actually are and then blow off some steam because bad, we all know bad things happen in, in the heat of the moment. We say things we don't mean. But it's, it's a fine balance between um, staying emotionally absent versus being empathetic. I've, I've had situations where something happened and I would 
zoom out a little to buy time or not jump on the roller coaster. And that could potentially come over as being unattached. Mm. Yeah, I think it's always about how to communicate this. You know, let me digest this. Let me think about this. You know, I'll get back to you in this versus just like not saying anything. I think it's really important, like how you respond to things yeah. as being emotionally intelligent. Um, so why do we do this for other people? Why do we call a timeout in a certain uh, discussion? But why don't we do it internally? This, this is something I'm, I'm working on. My day is filled with highs and lows. And it's not that I want to flatten every high and heighten every low to maybe pause a bad feeling or an emotion. We spoke about worry time and actually knowing that there is a thing like worry time. I'm not going to give my 100% emotion to this topic right now, but I'm going to address it somewhere later. <clears throat> I often am not even specific what time it will be. I just say, okay, there should be a worry time for this. I don't say it's going to be one o'clock today. And, and uh, for me, it, it means that I'll find a time to deal with this situation where I'm more collected and higher in my energy because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in in the mornings when i get up i get up quite early and when i get up the first couple of emotions are negative i'm not the not the best person when i get up i'm not like a shiny happy people right out of bed two hours later i, I carve out two hours of private time in in the morning that's why I, I, I go to bed relatively early and i don't need a lot of sleep unfortunately so two hours later, I'm a completely different person. My perspective completely changed. So why would I, now I, I'm, I'm looking back at that. Why would I tackle certain problems from a certain state of mind instead of tackling them two hours later when I did a little workout, when I'm caffeinated, <laughs> hydrated? Yeah. It's Actually, definitely a great, great point to, you know, if, if you're also when you have a discussion with your spouse, the original magic happiness was like how to apply business principles to your personal life. Even in business, if you have like, if you see something that comes up, if I, you know, see a mistake or something could have been done better in, in one of my businesses, I'm not impulsively reaching out to that person. I'm like, ah, what are you doing there? Because like, you know, this this person is probably busy with another project right now. And like, let, let them, if it's urgent, of course I do it. But I just like add the discussion point to our level 10 meeting. And then when the meeting time comes around, we can talk about this, you know, then I'm also like more calm, collected. And I thought about like a few things, you know, and uh, this is, is, works phenomenal in terms of like as you said like delaying the not doing it in the height of the emotional peak in my business i think i started maybe eight years ago with a thing i call a single topic meeting an stm <laughs> okay. so when not, we not have a STD. discussion <laughs> somewhere or we have a regular sales meeting and a topic pops up that we cannot handle at that moment to the right depth we we call mm. a single topic moment and it's forbidden to talk about anything, anything else just in a single topic meeting we have single topic meetings that last uh, three minutes we have ones that last uh, an hour and a half but just uh, calling it out and saying hey this is mm. too important to shove under the table and <clears> i'm <throat> not going to jump on this roller coaster of emotions and uh, hey this doesn't work and 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 not let it snowball into uh, in, into other things single topic meetings are a game changer I like that actually. I, I took a note on this and responding to things. I think once you really deeply know your values and what is important, and if you can detach from things, it becomes much easier to appropriately respond to the things that, that matter. Exactly. You know, also, core value for me is like first things first. It's my first core value, health and family first. But everything else is like doesn't matter that much. For example, just like a few years ago when we were still in Los Angeles, I was in a meeting really busy and my wife called me and I pick up and said like, hey, I'm in a meeting, I can't talk. 
is everything okay? And she's like, I crashed the car. I said, okay, are you okay? Yes. Is anybody else hurt? No. Do you need any help? Can you, can you manage it by yourself? Yes. Okay. Bye. Click. You know, and it's just like, and she was like, really like, how can you be so detached from it? But like, it's, it's things that doesn't matter. You know, like it's will, even if the car would have been told it was, it was not even that bad, but she expected me to have like this, this massive reaction to it. You know, something it's like knowing what, what matters and really hammering your core values into your head, into your heart as well. will will allow you to react appropriately. Okay. <laughs> I'm still thinking, is this emotional intelligent behavior? Is this or, uh, or having no emotions? Pilot? <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer is uh, maybe a lies in, in, in between that, but um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we are reaching the end of this podcast. So what would be the main takeaway? I like the assignment of like figuring out where you have loose ends with people, where you left off on a, in a bad state or like where you felt like, oh, this was not right. Or maybe if like, you know, with, with family members, et cetera, you have some, some, some beef and, you know, kind of like be the bigger person, like take a step to, to, to write these things. So you don't take him to, to your, to your grave. I think that's our, if, if you know yeah. people that pass away and that you have like some, some, some open issue, I think that's always a, a sucky thing. So it's, and then act out of love, you know, don't, don't like be in the space of fear, like act out of love reach out and say like, Hey, let's chat about this. Let's grab a coffee. We, we carry a lot of stuff uh, with us in our little backpack and by reaching out and taking some emotional burden out of that, the backpack gets lighter and you feel lighter and wow, it's, I've never had the experience when I did that, that it wasn't when, when I'm the one to initiate a certain discussion or a conversation or a telephone call that it didn't work out positive. Because mm -hmm. just the mere act of taking the opportunity, hey, I'm thinking about you, I notice this, what is it that we can, can do, that I can do about it, that, that you need? This is always done. It's act out of love. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Then thank you for listening. Subscribe, share, like, comment, check out the show notes. We're going to have some links in there. Yeah. And go to the Love and Fear community, loveandfear.com, click on community, join and post topics that you want to hear about. We've been getting a, a few uh, requests for topics, so please keep sending them in. And uh, I promise you, we'll dive into those. Rock and roll. See you next time. Bye.